It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. On this week's episode of Circles Off, surprise, surprise, I have another beef. I'll tell you about it. We'll walk through what's happened this past week in gambling Twitter. Producer Zach is going to tell us a betting-related story from his life in the past week as well. And I'll go through some tips to identify people who are just not worth following their advice in the gambling space. All that and more. Don't talk about it. Be about it. Come on! Let's go! Welcome to Circles Off, episode number 92, here on the Circles Off YouTube channel, part of the Hammer Betting Network. Rob Pizzola, joined by Johnny from BetStamp. We're getting close to retiring the numbers, but 92... Local local Toronto personality, Jeff O'Neill. Jeff O'Neill, the O-Dog. Who I actually listen to every day. I think he's a pretty hysterical guy. But uh, people, I've gotten like a few more comments in recent weeks about the, the the numbers thing has to come to an end. It is what it is. We should see if we get Jeff O'Neill on the pod. Oh yeah, he would do it. He's a former Leaf, now currently does broadcasting for TSN for those who are uh, unfamiliar. But great personality as always. We would love to meet him. So, 92, this is a Rob and Johnny episode. Mm -hmm. Rob, what are we going to discuss today? So, can't skirt from it. Anyone who follows me on Twitter, consumes my other content, they've probably noticed a storyline in the last week, which I will definitely talk about. The second episode we ever did of Circles Off was an episode on betting NHL first period numbers but also on how to identify fraud bettors in the space. That was three years ago now. Three. I wasn't even part of BetStamp yet. No, it wasn't three years ago. Yeah. Three. That is... Is it three? Or am I, am I just like... It's maybe two. Two, but like... Well, no, we started episode one was when Brady beat uh, Mahomes in the bowl. Three Super Bowls ago. Well, that time does fly fast. I, I, actually, I actually can't even believe it. How that far? episode was February 21st, 2021. Oh, so it's two years ago. Two years ago. But three Sorry, Super three, Bowls ago. Yeah, three Three, Super three Bowls, Bowls ago. That's how we met. That's how we, uh, that's how I'm going to go for it from now on. Three Super Bowls, Bowls ago. ago. Three Bowls ago. Holy, that is, a st- time still does fly. Glad we still kept the podcast running two years later. And uh, thanks to everyone who's listened from the start and anyone who's picked up uh, this podcast along the way and has joined us for the ride. We hope to essentially provide you with a lot of entertainment, obviously, but then, you know, betting education, betting tactics, betting tips, how to think about different things. Rob and I go through process. Uh, you know, we're, we're super happy to do this on a weekly basis and appreciate everyone listening. And for those listening who are in Ontario, be sure to check out Pinnacle Sportsbook, proud sponsor of Circles Off. They are the world's sharpest sportsbook available to Ontario bettors. Find out what professional bettors have known for decades. Pinnacle is where the best bettors play. You must be 19 plus, not available to U.S. residents. Now, this... Pinnacle has some good stuff coming, by the way. Uh, Been in talks. They are, I think, hoping to launch a mobile app really soon, which is massive. Uh, Right now, the desktop works the best. Keep in mind with Pinnacle, no matter who you are, no matter how sharp you are, no matter where you go, you're never going to get limited. Always be able to play there. And they do have the posted limit. So no matter what it is, you can bet whatever it says. They don't have this trader process. There's no approval process. If you want to bet... $100 $100 million on a game, you have that money to post up. In theory, you would be able to do that. They're going to keep moving the number, but they'll allow you to rebet over and over again. Great spot to have as one of your sports books. I would even call it a necessity. If you are in Ontario and Pinnacle is not one of your sports books, head on over, sign up now. 100%. Absolutely. I've been betting with Pinnacle for many years. I cannot recommend it enough. This week was an interesting week. So here's a guy who probably doesn't bet at Pinnacle. He doesn't, probably because of his location. But to to to, to be fair, uh, backstory here. So caught in the crossfire a little bit this week because somebody received an email. Don't know where it was from. Whatever site, Johnny the Greek, Yanni the Greek, don't really, whatever. I'm going to call, I'm going to go with Johnny the Greek. 
Sorry to disrespect you. I don't know if it makes you feel, you know, makes you feel upset. Different spelling. Different spelling. Um, This is not like a a new thing. We've, we've feuded before, partly because of the people he's been associated with in the past, but someone tagged myself and Betstamp on Twitter with an email of Johnny the Greek promoting himself at a tote website, which was like number one in NFL betting, number one in this, number three in this, number... And it was along the lines of like, what is this bullshit type of situation? And uh, the Betstamp account responded to that, as we're known to do. One thing with the Betstamp account that I will say is that, you know, a lot of brands out there, they kind of like, I don't want to say play nice, but they're looking for like social engagement and, you know, being liked by everybody in the space. And with brand, with Betstamp, they're like, specific brand values that we want to have. And one of them is is just like integrity and honesty. So sometimes the Betstamp social account might tweet something that not everybody likes. And it's pretty rare in the space, but it's something that we... <laughs> no, it's it, not rare in gambling Twitter to tweet something well, that not everybody it's, likes. Well, it's rare for a brand. It's <laughs> yeah, rare yeah. for a brand. Yeah. But anyways, Johnny the Greek saw something, saw this this tweet and proceeded to film a video about this. What was the tweet? It was who believes this bullshit or something like that. Yeah. Paraphrase. So everyone knows, by the way, I don't personally manage the Neither do I. You can stop DMing me like about the, uh, there, uh, there's uh, a team of people who have access to it. And then, and then, and we'll be able to tweet and stuff like that. I stay off Twitter. Obviously I don't have my own personal Twitter. So you won't, you won't catch my tweets or anything like that there. But if you do want to reach me, you can DM there and it will find its way to me. Listen, so in fairness to, to Johnny here, I would say that like if if uh, any brand or any person comes after me, I tend to get defensive too. So we're going to play the video or no? No need. No need, but this is the tweet right there. It's right above here. Uh yes, who is up 174 units in 2023? Definitely not the guy pictured. I'll tell you that for free. Thumbs <laughs> down. Probably predatory scam bullshit. Okay. So, so he's claiming he's up 174 units. In two months of 2023. Yes. Um, and yeah, a guy who has historically, I guess, not been in that space. Rob's been following for a while. I'll let him comment here. Yes. So Johnny then goes and responds, films a video where he famously says, don't talk about it. Be about it. <laughs> I noticed you put that in your bio. I did put that in my Twitter bio. I, f- I honestly watched this video and I'm, I might have actually cried. I was laughing so hard. But in this video, he, he brings, you know, a bag of cash out, $50,000 in cash and challenges uh, Betstamp to a competition to book him. And, you know, I had to respond to this right away because... Well, he was saying he would want us to book his action yes. is what he's saying. So he wants us to take his bets, which, as you'll get into now, we obviously can't do legally. We can't. And that's why I filmed the video. Betstamp... Me, Johnny, we're, we're not licensed bookmakers. That's not what we do. We're a licensed affiliate. We send traffic to sports books. We're very upfront and honest about that. But yeah, we can't just book a guy for $50,000. That's not the way that, that the world works. Um, so yeah, despite the fact, whether it's value or not, and whether we would actually do it or not, which I think, I think we both agree we would do that if legally permitted. Like if there was no legal restrictions, you're telling me like, okay, I get to back. I disagree with you. But I'll tell you why in a second. I would give him a specific. I would get. I would. I would have to make it against a specific line set. Exactly. But absolutely, if you're telling me like he's what he said this set up an account. He's like talking as if it's going to be like we got a we got a, like a local bookmaking yeah. business, which we absolutely do not. Pizzola PPH. Yeah. He's saying set up an account. Give me the login. Whatever. Whatever he was saying. He's like so my so I could connect my bot and crush you. Yes. Which is like. Part of that, which was nauseating, is like the fact that he wants everybody to know that he has a bot for one. Yeah, <laughs> like, just like for the, just, just like for the, like, yeah, dude, dude. That for the clout of, of having. That also doesn't matter. Like and anyone, if, by the way, if you want a, a betting bot, you want a bot that could connect, you can, you can get that. You just have to pay a little bit of money, but you, you can get that by the way. It's, it's not, it's not an impressive thing. It's not, it's not challenging, but yes. So obviously if it was into a sharp sports book. Pinnacle, for example, in Ontario. I know Johnny's not located in Ontario, but yeah, if I could hook him up with a Pinnacle account, beauty, I'd do it. So I tried to do something with Circa, reached out to Benson, see if we could figure something out. 
for sure. I'd love to do some sort of competition. Now, it's tricky because we're going to get into this a little bit more. If you look at like play history from Johnny, it will appear that he wins. And I first noticed this back in 2015 when he was with the Philly Godfather crew. And a lot of it is just fake lines that don't exist. Like what I will say about a lot of touts that are in the space. And I think you were getting at this when we interviewed Fezzik a few weeks back as well, is that I think a lot of these touts are actually winners themselves. Like they know how to bet on sports and they know how to win. Johnny the Greek has been in the space long enough where he knows how to win betting on sports. No, I'm sure I'm sure he's aware yes. of what a winning number is and what closing line value is and what a good position is. I'm sure he's aware of that. Will he be able to do that and sustain that on his own is to be determined. TBD. What I would say is that his clients are not going to win. No doubt. And that's where it, it comes down to it. So like, don't get fooled into thinking that because someone's a winner, that because they put up a pick package that you're going to win just by tailing it as well. And we'll get into that a little bit more. But this escalated over the course of the week. I filmed a video that I honestly, you know, I I talked to some people around me and they're like, it was funny. Maybe you shouldn't have filmed it. Sometimes I get these ideas in my head that I'm going to just be like a clown and do stuff like this. Um, there There was a bunch of responses to Johnny's video of him dumping the money out that were like pinpointing like an area of the cash that like, wasn't proper and they were saying that they were fake bills and they weren't fake bills. I mean, I'm pretty confident that they weren't, but there was enough shred of doubt in one of the bills itself to make a good video that I could make a good video. And my God, did this ever trigger the guy? And that's kind of what I was going for. Like I'm a shit disturber. I'm, I, I, I'll admit it, but he then filmed a, a follow up to this and he was just like, you know, he was frazzled. Like he's shaking in the video. He said that he deposited the 50K from the day before at the bank, which by the little bit unusual, whatever. And that he had another stack of cash and he was, you know, spilling the bills everywhere, which was um, funny. But that that's kind of the recap of the entire situation. And then uh, Philly Godfather kind of got into the situation. For background, Johnny the Greek used to run one of the accounts on Philly Godfather's website years ago called NFAC Moves, the no fucking around crew, NFAC, <laughs> okay? And they had, for whatever reason, they had a falling out. I don't know the details of that, whatever. Two scumbags working together, of course, you can have a falling out. Someone's gonna have a falling out at one point. But um, Philly Godfather came to his defense, came in, and then we started getting into it. I watched this guy have a mental breakdown on Twitter. Yeah. over the Philly Godfather this weekend. He, he must have tagged me in a post every five minutes. I'm not even exact. I'm, I, you think this is an exaggeration? Not only that, like it, w- it was, it was like to borderline obsessive. And then every single person that responded to him telling him, you know, where to go, he would just respond with a video of himself. Like, check me out on Netflix. No, no, no. Check. It, you know, so it was a thread. So first he would reply with just like no con. He would be like, check out me and my crew on Netflix. And it would be a link to the the doc on Netflix. And then the follow-up tweet would just be like a minute and a half screen recorded video from the show. Yeah. <laughs> no context, nothing or, else. Or him at like the Bet Rivers Casino in Philadelphia, placing some bets at the kiosk that like his guys recorded for him. Like he paid someone to record that. And he thought like, I, by the way, I'm, he had I'm gonna two amazing ones that I fucking cried a laughter at. He had one where he's like, "I sent it to you." I don't. I didn't even read all of them. Oh, the the one he's about like, the American turf. He's like this. He's like this Canadian thinks he can come onto American turf. <laughs> he capitalized American turf. Yeah. This guy thinks come on American turf. I'm like, what does he do? Like that was that one was so funny. There was one other one that I was just like, when I read him, I'm like, what is this guy saying? It was, uh, but yeah, I basically guys having a mental break. I'm, I'm, I'm sweating a, a golf outright on Sunday, Kurt Kitayama, I live bet him and I'm just like getting tagged in all these Philly Godfather tweets. I'm like, okay, this guy's going to keep going. And it's always like the same four or five accounts that respond to him, his burner accounts. These get things get no one for a guy that's got 30,000 followers on Twitter. You think that one of his tweets would maybe get like a thousand views, like some engagement, get no engagement whatsoever. It tells you all you need to know, but 
It's it, it. What did he see? Is he hired a private investigator? Also, this is what I wanted to get. Now he thinks he he's got all this dirt. So for those of you who've listened to Circles Off f- since the beginning, or even at the halfway point, or you've watched Circles Off on YouTube, you'll know that I'm pretty much an open book. So he thinks that he's uncovered now. Like Rob Pizzola used to run a tout service. This and that. it's like yeah, of course. Like what. what Everybody knows that. Like literally everybody. I, I speak openly about it. And then it's like, oh, Betstamp is sending traffic to Sportsbook. It's like, yeah. Like we actually post it directly in the app. Like there's a blurb that says that. And, you know, a lot of his facts are wrong. He's like, oh, you know, the, you know, you're getting a cut of players' losses and whatever. A lot of the facts that he's posting are wrong. But all these things that he thinks he's uncovered and his like investigative team that he has have uncovered yeah, he's like, I. we had the full investigation and years ago, Rob actually ran a tout site that sold losing picks to betters. And it was like, congrats. Like you may have listened to one episode of this or anything like that. And then he also, and then yeah, and he thought he discovered that uh, Betstamp was an affiliate site as if this podcast isn't sponsored by a sports book that we would value sign up at and also sign up as many sports books as possible so you can get the best odds. It actually really worked against him though. Betstamp picked up a ton of followers People literally re- were responding to the thread saying, I'll happily, ha- I'll happily sign up to Sportsbooks through Betstamp to support a free app, by the way. It's a free line comparison app that's out there. This is the way we monetize and the way that we keep it free. I think a lot of people find use in it. But yeah, it, it just sent off a series of, you know, chaos. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I, I watched the Netflix special that he's talking about. What is he talking about? He's talking about the Phil Donahue story. Tim. Uh, Tim Donahue story. Tim Donahue, um, NFL referee, uh, and NFL. Like here we go. I can't even speak anymore. NBA referee. <laughs> Jerome Boger, fixing games, um, allegedly, so to speak. And wasn't it confirmed? Yeah. Well, like he still he still denies it to the, he he kind of he Donahue says that like his knowledge of the teams is why he called in bets on the games. Like he would say like, oh, I know that this team matches up well against them. They're going to win or this is going to be a fast pace or whatever. He he does not admit to altering no, He does say though, game. I'll say I watched it somewhat recently. He does say that um, they didn't fix the game for it to become a winner. Yeah. But he knew the way that the NBA wanted that game right. refed. And, yep. and so like, I actually kind of understood what he was saying and like didn't fully disagree because it's definitely reality to a certain degree of how they want things to be done in certain games of certain teams. I don't, I wouldn't say that that's not happening or that doesn't happen. Um, but he just kind of said like, you knew. Yes. Yeah. So th- time. the central figure in this documentary is Jimmy Batista who went by the sheep or Baba or whatever. And he used to be run with the, the animals crew that Philly Godfather ran. I watch his documentary, Philly Godfather's in it. He's like makes a cameo where he's sitting at a bar watching the game for about a second. Like he's literally a prop in that's the, what, that's in the and, that, and that's what he's, he's quoting as like, Oh, check out me on, on Netflix. It's like, dude, it's embarrassing. Like you're in the background watching a Celtics game, sitting at a bar. And like, the, like, the, I, I don't know what this is intended to prove. Anyways, the backstory is this 2015. I worked at the score. Was working. Are you just going to tell the thing about how you joined Prediction Machine? Oh, I can even tell that as well. This is he. Not only has Rob mentioned that he has run this site, he has said this so many times (laughs) that it's actually. I would be shocked if anyone here listening to me right now is like, "Thank you, Johnny," so he doesn't tell the story again. That is how many times Rob's mentioned this. There's no way that this is breaking news, but hilarious. Deep down, I kind of hope that he did hire an investigative team. I hope that he actually took money out of his pocket to hire an Just investigative team. Just uncovered by un- my investigative team. I have no secrets to hide. And that's the that's the beauty of living my life. I'll be I'll be completely honest with the audience here. There's people out there that are scared that things are going to become public knowledge. I've been pretty open and upfront with everything. Maybe not to the like the every single detail, but someone can put together my entire life. Okay? It's pretty simple. Just based off listening to this podcast, they probably could do that. Back in 2015, I was not a winning better or I was on the verge of becoming a winning better. I I had gone from pure square to starting to develop models, starting to find some success betting on sports 
and I was in the process of learning from people on Twitter. And the people that I hated the most went by a, a, a group called Seville. C, the letter C, Ville. And that stood for Contrarianville. And it was a group of like 25 guys who were basically glorified assholes on Twitter who used to just go after everybody in the space. And I hated that because they used to go after me at one point, probably for good reason. Because I, you know, I probably spewed a lot of nonsense for a long time. But eventually I started to learn from these people. And targets were always Philly Godfather, RJ Bell, other touts in the space, Johnny running the NFAC account. And I'm like, why are these guys always, you know, what, what is, what is it with this specific crew that they're, they're picking on these guys all the time. And I really started to dig deeper and just do my own research on it. So I would try to, I would subscribe to a package and I would see what the records that they kept on the website were. And I'd try to match them up every single day. So I'd subscribe to a package, I'd get a play, and then I'd immediately go and I'd look at Don Best's screen and be like, no, okay, this play doesn't exist. It's gone. It's just steam. It's steamed five minutes ago. Yeah. But they're gonna, they've released it at this number. Are they going to track it at this number? They do. So when I, when I say stuff like, okay, just because a tout wins, like, first of all, I have no idea if they actually made these bets. If they were part of this crew connected, if they were getting them through accounts that they had planted with other people, I don't know. I can't tell you that. But that crew was not giving out real lines, which is the definition of fraud. But did you have to hire an investigative team? I did not because I was my own investigator. I mean, at that time, I was, I, was not, I was not wealthy. I wasn't making a lot of money. I was like getting into DFS, making a little bit of money there. I had a good paying job, but like, no, I did not. Nor would I have considered hiring it. I did my own investigation or reached out to other people. There was that. Guess what else this group used to do? They used to release free picks on Twitter every day. Free play, this, this, and this. If the free play won, you know where it showed up? The record. It showed up in the record keeping on the website. If the free pick lost, it was nowhere to be found. Because it was deleted. It was, it, it, <laughs> it, it, was, it was there, but it's not, not in the website tracking. There was that. What else did this crew used to do? Well, when you release plays and you don't attach any units to them, everyone can just assume that they're probably one unit or something like that, right? Now, when you release a superfecta on a horse race and you're playing whatever the amount of combinations is, typically your base unit's like 20 cents, right? But one of the superfectas that someone released on the site won, massive payout because you're picking the top four horses to come in in a race. And they counted that as a 24 unit play. Made, made the profit for the entire year. 24 units on the Superfecta? Yes. Because, what did it win? 1,000 oh, units? It, it, it's, it's how they can promote like a $100 better is up this amount of money. No one would ever play. Like, That's like, crazy. Like think about betting 24 times the amount on a, a, a horse race, like super long shot play than you would bet on just like a, a college basketball game. <laughs> and then tracking it like that. Like no one would do that. And that's that's how all these scams are perpetuated, right? And you log on and you see, oh, $100 better is up $38,000 this year. It's like, no, they're obviously not. Every season better knows that, but the public can't. And then it's like, oh, go check out. We keep our records up on our website. The whole thing is a fucking sham, okay? These people don't even exist for one. The ones that do exist are just names of people that used to run with this crew years ago that are no longer associated with them. There was some guy named Penguin that reached out to me many years ago and he's, or Seal, Philly Seal. And he's like, just want you to know, because I was roasting Philly Godfather at the time. He's like, I haven't run with this crew for many, many years. Like they're just using my, my name. Like you've created an alias and pretending like it's me and I don't run with them. And it's just a one big perpetual scam. I, I do have a question for you. Go for it. Multiple times when I was reading, when I just like would scroll through and see the, the Gianni the Greek stuff coming, chirping you, people would comment and say this. Oh, yeah? What happened to that money in the car at Starbucks? Oh, hey, what happened to the Starbucks 200K? Something like that. It would come up like one in every six comments, okay? So, do you know what this is? I do. Explain it to me. Please. Okay, so 
Johnny the Greek used to run um, under a different, many different aliases before. Vegas Runner was one at the time when probably when he was at his like peak. Vegas Runner. Lots of people knew Vegas Runner. He was doing media everywhere, whatever. And he ran as Ace as well. If you go to Google and type in Vegas Runner Scam or Vegas Runner Fraud, you're going to find... Someone made a page, Vegas Runner Fraud. This, this is a WordPress WordPress. blog from like, 20, what is it, 2010? Holy, yeah. a guy was so rattled, he made up a full website to expose to expose this thing. Guy must have, wrong, like, must have scammed them hard. So the story is that uh, Johnny was given a bunch of money from like an investor. Don't know what the investment was or whatever, but... Apparently he ran into a Starbucks. It was it was Pix packages. Oh, it was from a Pix. Okay, ran into a Starbucks, get a spro or something like that, and he came back out, and the two hundred k wasn't in his car anymore. He just like fucked off with it, like so. so he's there, saying like obviously still, he just took it, likely. I mean, if we we live in a world of we're sports betters, we live in a world of probabilities. Okay, I don't know the full details of if he. Knowing how, how he carries himself out and he's appearing on video with like 50K stacks of cash, like a complete clown, by the way. Like, even if you have that kind of money, uh, you know who's, who's appearing on videos with 50K cash and stuff like that? People are trying to market themselves. Okay, let's be real, right? With the pe- people, like the responses to that thread are like, oh, Pizzola doesn't have any money. He can't, he can't he film a video money. without, with cat. It's like, yeah. Okay, sure. I would not stoop that low to do that. But in a world of probabilities, you're going to the bank. He was going to the bank, apparently, to deposit this money. Guess he saw Starbucks and said, hey, I'll stop for a coffee. He was on, he was on the way to the bank. He was on the way to the this- <laughs> No, come on. I mean, he was uh, on Thursday when he recorded that video. Apparently, Thursday night to Friday, he deposited the 50K in the bank. He's claiming that he was on the way to the bank to deposit a large amount of other people's money. Then he stopped in the Starbucks, left the money in the car. Someone stole it. Money's gone. Sorry, no refunds. That's that's the story. And he was on his way to the bank. And he was on his way to the next stop. I don't know if it was the next stop or if he (laughs) had any other errands to run along the way. All I know is if I had if I had 200 or 250K in the car, and I. I was in, intending to deposit it into the bank. You know what my first stop would be? The bank. It would be the bank. I definitely wouldn't leave. I definitely wouldn't leave that money in the car. Uh, f- there's there's zero chance. I probably would have hit the Starbucks on the way out, out of the bank Here afterwards. It. Here it is. He had taken all the money from the fund to deposit in a bank and then transfer it to a bunch of offshore books. With about 250k in two bags, he drives into town and stops at <laughs> stops at Starbucks <laughs> for a coffee before all caps before going to the bank leaving the money in the car, driving away. He hears that something is wrong and oh, one of his tires is flat. Press for time. He claims he then drove home on just the rim to change the car. At home, he tells his wife to take out the two bags of money and she tells him there are no bags on the floor where he said he put them. On the floor of what? The car. So you, you see how so this wait, all his making... wife was in the car with him? No, no. I think he's saying he drove home because yeah. he's in a panic now. He's got a flat tire with like 250K in the car. He drove home just the <laughs> rim on the tire, bro. That doesn't work. This is the funniest story. Did this did this guy not have a working trunk? Why well, did he put it on the... Why Why would you ever... When have you ever put... I've done cash <laughs> pickups this, before. This story's hilarious. Again, this is literally a kid would write this. And then be like, this never happened. It's like a kid not it's doing like, his you homework. You know when someone lies, so I know. they tell too many details. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it, right? Yeah. It's like... No, no, we just need to know what happened. Like, it could have easily just been like, fuck, I, you know, I, I went into the Starbucks, the money, somebody took the money out of my car. This is like every detail of his life here. <laughs> Why would you... Anyways, probabilistically speaking, you can never say with certainty, but the likelihood that he, you know, took off, he, he kept this money, I'd say is probably high. Would you agree? I mean, like, I'll let the people, I'll let anyone listening make their own decision. If that's the story, again, and we don't know his side of the story, but if the story is he had 250K, he was about to deposit on the bank the next stop. He was on the way, but before he went to go get a quick coffee, left the money in the car, came out, it was gone. He had a flat tire, drove, didn't even realize the money was gone, drove home, all the way home on one rim. Yeah. Instead of going to the bank, and then realized when he got home, 
he didn't even realize his wife realized. Correct. If that's actually the story, then I mean, I don't know what to say. Everyone's got to make their own. But but I, I like again. This is this is a WordPress that site from 2010. Okay, so there's no way that's so the story. It I'm not gonna I'm sense. not gonna be the guy. Like I don't want to be the fake news guy. But there have been people that have confirmed that the money story is true. Now the details, I don't know. I don't know. But also, when I got home, even on the flat tire, probably the first thing I would do myself is get out, grab the money, well, bring it inside. When you got home. What do you mean when you got home? As soon as you got back in the... Then money should never be in the car unattended. I, you don't have to tell me that. But... I don't have to tell you that. Yeah, I know, I know. I this need is, to know what the... What this the, is funny. This is actually a good story. I'm, I'm glad we got... I got at least get a laugh out of it. I this need now. to know what the Starbucks order was. Because it depends <laughs> on what it was. The, the line. Because it could have taken him like 10 minutes in there. If you got a latte. You know? Pistachio latte. Also, in the video, he puts them... The money is clearly grouped in $10,000 bands. Clearly. Very clearly. Okay, he takes the money out of a bag. There's four bands and then a loose amount that's obviously not 10,000, slightly under 10,000. And he's like, there's 50K right here. This is, this is probably 50K. It's like, just say, here's about 50K. You don't like, he's like, or just elastic it up. He's literally hilarious. Or just don't do, don't do that. Because it's really dumb the, thing. The funniest, do. and then he also pulled it out of a uh, plastic bag. He's like, I got a brown paper bag right here. And then he pulls out like <laughs> a plastic bag. It doesn't even matter, but it's so funny. All right. Anyways, if if I wanted some guy. revenue agency to be coming, coming after me, this is exactly what I would be doing. This is so funny. Like I would be making public videos and posting them of all the cash that I'm, I'm, I have on hand. Great, great idea. Genius idea. But yes, that's the backstory. So people want to know like why, where's the beef from? I'm not, I'm a guy that like, I wear my heart on my sleeve. Like if I, if I see something that bothers me, I'm going to talk about it. That's why I love having this podcast. It's a platform for me to talk about what's bothering me, but also just to, to share my thoughts on anything. And for a long time, these people have gotten away with too much. This guy's on a fucking UFC broadcast. Like UFC broadcast. And you know what? People are upset that, what was it? The Dana White contender series that he's doing. People are actually upset because they can't fade his picks anymore. That. <laughs> that, that's what I got out of this entire thread. They're like, Johnny, when are you going to be back on DWCS? We need, we need some picks to fade or what? This guy was the most epic fade of all time. He's literally given out minus 500 favorites that are losing every card. Like it's 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 almost impossible to be to have a run that bad. Like probabilistically speaking again, to lose a favorite that high every single card regularly and then have the balls to tell people afterwards he's up 173 units and on top of that 74 that those fights don't matter as much as the bigger ones. Like the money's not the same. It's a joke. Anyways, Enough out of this guy. Honestly, never want to hear this guy's name again on anything. I have a feeling I, I will, but I, I don't even you, want to hear You know me name. by nature. Like, I, I don't, don't care. I don't want to. No, I, I don't want to invest the time into like keeping this going. Right. Like a lot, I get a lot of DMs like, oh yeah. Like, what are you going to do with, with Johnny? Are you going to set this up or whatever? It's like, no, I don't. No, I, if we do some content for it, I'm down. But even then it's just a fucking headache. Like it's the same as the Ben the Better competition, right? It's like, it's just, I, I'm all the one thing I wish I had more of in life is just time. Just a rose. Time. Like, I, you know, I spent, I, the other day, I spent like two, two hours going to a golf simulator, like throws off my entire day and my arm too. But it throws off, like, I don't, I just do not have the time to deal with this shit. If we did it, if, if you wanted to do this, obviously I'm not going to be involved in this, but if you wanted to do it, on the Hammer Betting Network and make some content about it and actually like have a content style where like he has to bet into Circa and like a regulated bookmaker, which we would have to bet into was we wouldn't be able to take his action. If we figure out some way to do it, yeah, I would be down. I think that would be entertaining. I'd be like, I'd be interested in watching it. But the reason I this, like, don't think that this is even worth it and have no interest is like, obviously I'm probably going to be the one involved in production. And I agree with Rob. This is like a ridiculous <laughs> amount of, exactly. I'm not fucking no, no, yeah. no, but like the thing is that even if we even like, I'm going to include myself in here. Like, I feel like we've got your back, like whatever. But even if we win, we can't win. And it, it became so evident when that guy replied, 
Philly Godfather and Yanni replied to 800 tweets yep. being like, Bet Stamp is taking money from people who lose. And then all the comments would just be like, they're an affiliate. <laughs> yeah. They get money from signups, not losses. And then he'd be like, you're proving my point. And then it's like, yeah, yeah there's just no win. You're just right? fighting like, against no win. senile old men. Like Philly wait, Godfather wait, I, I could have spent funny. Sunday, you know, fucking taking his grandkids to the park or something like that. Maybe great, great grandkids. I don't know how old he is. And instead, he spent every waking hour of the day typing yeah. a tweet to me. Yeah. But now we're spending time talking about this. But I like, I, guess I, like, I actually do like this. And, you know, there'll be the critics of, of this will be like, why do you give these guys any attention? Again, I have my own platform to talk about whatever I want. This is stuff that's like, I'm, I'm living in my life right now. I like to share it. I like to talk about it. And I don't think anyone who watches this is going to go and buy picks from the Philly Godfather or no. Johnny the Greek. No way. Here's the one thing I will say with competitions like this, and this is what I want to get back to at the beginning. It's a small sample size. No, it's not even, I don't even care about that, but like, if oh, it, it, Jeff Benson, I know you're listening. Set this up. Let's, let, you, you guys are going to make some cash off this too at the old Circus Sportsbook in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. So my, my thing is this. I actually would put money down on Johnny the Greek to win. Like, here, here's why. He is, he's not an idiot. Like there, there's an element of ego to all these guys, right? Like his own picks are shit. Like they're not going to so win. So you're them. saying like he's to partner with someone and be like, yeah, yeah, sure. Let's do it for this competition. Of course. Yeah. There's always a chance of that. I mean, he's, he's clearly has some connections in the space to winning betters. I don't deny that. He does have that bot that he said could uh, win <laughs> automatically as well. Can he hook it up to Circa? Eh, I don't know. I don't, the know. Stadium technology. I don't know, Jim. I don't know. <laughs> but I, I don't... But my whole thing is like, don't buy picks from these people. They're like, it's, it's don't like they're, they're, they're con artists. These people are con artists. That's what I'm trying to get at. That's the, the whole thing, right? So whether or not he wins or whatever is irrelevant to me, what, what they're doing as a whole is fucking low life bullshit is what it is. That's it. You know, if you saw it, if you saw Yanni right now, do you tell that to his face? I, I would. Yeah. You could square him up right now. I would honestly like. <laughs> I I'm not. You know me. I'm not a confrontational guy. You could square speak, him up. Yes or no? You know I'm not going to square him. Listen, <laughs> Zach's laughing. Philly Godfather would knock me out for sure. That guy's like a <laughs> boxing trainer or whatever. You know he he he's beefed up. I don't know if it's roids or whatever. HGH, a little bit of both. He's on the Joey Tune special right there. Oh, oh now he calls out Toons, dude. <laughs> Come on. I know Toons traders listen to this too. They message me after Come every on. episode. I hope it gets back to him. But no, like I, I that's not it. <laughs> I've I've met Philly Godfather and Johnny before. I met them in in Vegas. I was with Dinky. Rest in peace, Dink. At and Toons. And I was with Toons at a, a Vegas, like it was like a tout convention. It was the weirdest thing. It was like Preston was there. It was um Super contest signups were happening and there was some sort of convention where all these panel there was these panels that were breaking down like different college football topics. Todd Furman spoke, Kelly in Vegas spoke, a bunch of people were speaking on these panels. But I remember very clearly because Philly Godfather wore these sunglasses that were like the size of his head. The the frames could not have been like the could not have been bigger. And somebody took a picture of it and posted it to Twitter and he was getting roasted and he was saying that they were the exact set of frames that Robert De Niro wore in casino. And he was really proud of it. And I'm like, dude, you look like an idiot. Who cares what Robert De Niro wore? Robert De Niro pulled it off in casino. You look like a stooge. And uh, I met Johnny there as well. I met, it, it was a, it was a big tout fest at that time. But yeah, I've, I've, I've met these people at some point or another that it doesn't matter to me. Like I, I'm going to speak my mind no matter what. The thing is, these guys know what they're doing. Like they can, they can, they can try to, to discredit me. It's just a deflection of what they're doing at the end of the day. That would be my, if I, if I was, if I was out there to take money from other people what, and people come after me, I'm going to try to discredit them. It's like a common tactic. It happens in law, in a court of law all the time. It's like, let's discredit this witness. What has this witness done in their life before? That's the tactic. So I get it. 
I couldn't help but uh, my eyes were wandering to the TV here. Zach, pull this up a little more. And Zach pulled up a, the story of the Starbucks. He starts to get very defensive. And I start to get very suspicious. This is the guy Vegas who Runner's supposedly partner. got... Yeah. yeah, he got stiff. Then Vegas Runner snaps. You'll get your affidavit first thing in the morning, but I'm done with this. I don't want you calling me, coming to my house, and I'll tell the other guy the same thing. I drive to his house and thought his window says, I told you... Wait, what is he saying? Oh, through his window. Through his window. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I drove to his house and through his window says, I told you that you'll get your affidavit and I'm going to tell you one time and I'm going to tell this other guy one time. Don't call me. Don't come over. I'm done with this. So... Not only did he lose 250k he just money, basically he said, said uh, no, that's, that's the classic thing that you would do. I'm going to tell you one time. Yeah, it's done. It's done. I don't know where done. the money. I don't know where it went. I told you what happened to the money. It's done. <laughs> it's done. Did you see the part above it too? So no. they they tried to get money back, couldn't couldn't find anybody to give them a loan to cover it, and so they went to one of their biggest investors. Which it's kind of funny, like the way that they just outlined the investors, and they asked him, and they told him what happened, and he basically told him to go fuck himself, and was like, "I'm not giving you any more money." Actually, totally not. natural reaction, right? Yeah. You lose the money yourself. Yeah, you should be on the hook for it. Everyone else can go fuck themselves. See, so I'm gonna tell you one time, one time. It's my last time. I'm gonna tell you this. All right, Zach, yeah. you said you had a betting story you wanted to mention. Yeah, just uh, one of the things Johnny loves and like has talked about on here a lot is the group betting and like the ability to bet with your buddies and stuff uh friday night myself one of the other guys in the office are hanging out watching basketball just having drinks like with some of our buddies and uh there was like a huge boost on uh Jokic first basket i think it was like plus 850 or something like that that's great odds for Jokic. great odds He's normally yeah. booked around two uh 350 to 400 and that would be not a playable price. But but, but w when they do that, do you think that the books know someone else is going to get the first shot? <laughs> see, Did you see. consider that? Uh, no, actually, that wasn't part of my handicapping mm. process. I forgot that the books might know. Great, I great forgot. play. So you, so you guys bang that? Yeah. So I hit that for like 150 bucks, and all four, all four of us watching had that, and we all hit it. So we're sitting there watching. Nuggets win first tip. Very easy, like no sweat at all. Jokic runs down with the ball. Or they give it to Jokic. He runs down with the ball, dishes off, cuts through the middle, gets it back, layup, bang. That starts it. But then the guys we're with, and like, jo like Josh and I like know what we're doing or whatever, but these guys are like, holy shit, we just want a ton of money. Like, let's throw some DJM bets down. So like, Did they all toss like, so they all won like close to a grand on it? Or? No, they all had, they probably had like 10, 15 bucks. I think Still Josh great. and I had more, but yeah, it's a good night, right? So then that happens, that opens it. And then they're like, all right, let's hit another first basket in the next game, the T-Wolves game. So these guys are like... No boost, just D-Gen. No, so hold on. So these guys are doing some research, and Josh and I are looking around uh, to find prices. Well, we find there's a boost. Anthony Edwards' first basket is like plus six, uh, 700, something like that, I think. Plus 700. It was like, okay, but Josh and I found it was like way better than price we could find elsewhere. So whatever, dunk it again. Plus another 150 on this one. And uh, T-Wolves lose the tip off. And we're like, oh, fuck. Like, based on the way that they came down the floor, like, this is not good. Dishes across. The Whoever came down with the ball dishes across to the shooting guard wasn't looking. Anthony Edwards runs in, steals the <laughs> ball, goes on a half-court run, dunks it. Nobody even behind him. We cash back-to-back -back in the span of How like nuts 15 were you going? minutes. Nuts, man! We're running around, jumping up and down. It's just like it's cool to like be able to do that with the with your boys. Of course. And then after that, these guys are like, "What else can we bet on?" And so Josh and I started showing them like you can bet on method of first basket, who which team's gonna score next basket, and like this obviously is very uncommon. But we went on a run like I've never you hit seen. more. You hit more, dude. We were hitting like next basket, next <laughs> like Clippers three pointer next basket plus eight fifty, putting like twenty bucks, and then it would just be like they come such down. DJ yeah, it was like the craziest DJ bets. We're it's like it's like twelve o'clock, like twelve thirty at this point, and we're just like hammering them coming down. And we went on a run where I swear to God we went like six in a row, and then it was basically just like free rolled after that of basically of everything else, and we just still kept hitting. And then that was when I messaged Rob at like twelve forty five and was like. 
is Pinnacle the sharpest on tennis? <laughs> Rob applied that. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yes. Yeah, big limits. And yeah. then we just started hitting tennis bets and we were up till four in the morning hitting like tennis bets and shit. It was, it was electric. That was, what a, what yeah. a I was wondering why that message came, came to me. That was what a, a, bro, see, and if you just did that by yourself, it wouldn't have been as fun, man. You gotta, because yeah. you need, well, betting has to be social. You gotta be around the boys or girls, whatever. You gotta be around the friends so that when it, when you do get that thing, you could actually like really appreciate it. He didn't tell the full story though. He was he lost, dunked he, it all back. No, no, he was <laughs> he was tweeting, and then the, the first reply to every tweet was fixed game result. <laughs> Jokic first basket plus eight fifty, and he was just bombing those fixed game <laughs> results over and over. How would have they not like Elon man? You got to get rid of these bots. First, it, actually, the fixed game ones are not even the worst ones now. Now there's these porn bots. Yeah. These, like, explicit, the, the images are blurry, and it's like, oh, do you want to come play with me and whatever? And it's like, please, like, stop. The bots have to go. I saw a hilarious one with the bot, with the porn bot, and there's this guy tweeted something about the Leafs and, like, how they were in a bad state, and then the porn bot replied, and he just replied, and he's like, do you really think this is the most appropriate time? <laughs> Those The porn bots are too much, man. They're too much. But yeah, I mean, that's, that was a pretty good story. Yeah. It was just, it was fun. It's something Johnny's talked about on here, like how fun it is to bet with the group and I've done it before, but I just never had like a night where everything just went. Just never clicked. Yeah. It just like had never gone like that well. And so it was just like an electric run kind of thing. So yeah, it was fun. The, the best time for that for me is March Madness. Yeah. Like no joke. Yeah. Like I would say March Madness is the funnest those two days thursday friday are probably the best betting days of the entire year just because if you want to like degen in those two days there is like action 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 you yeah. could dunk a whole bunch of parlays you can bet player props if you want but you don't even need to it's more just like live betting in play part always like roll it over and just like it's it's a full day sweat where everything happens in march madness you guys know like the actual tournament itself despite the fact that it's still college basketball, it just hits a little bit different. Like the fact that the guys are like, even just like, just the whole like bang, like everything that just happens with it, the commentary, when a team comes back, buzzer beaters, the ones, the, the seating, yeah. just the seating alone is like so much fun. So March madness, if you guys are looking at DGen, that's the time. No joke. This Canadian thinks he's going to go on American, American turf, turf and bet March madness, American turf. No, I, uh, I love March Madness. It's great. Um, I, I want to end the podcast on, on one thing. Let's go. Which is, I got a lot of messages this week. Obviously, the, 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 the Johnny PGF stuff. But people would message me and be like, hey, Rob, like, new to the space. How can you tell who's BSing, who's real? Um, you know, they've heard me say on, B, on a podcast before, I can tell within like a couple of tweets whether this guy's going to be a long-term winner or not. And that's probably true for like 90% of people, if not more. And the same for you, uh, Johnny. I mean, we both have like a, a cadence for like this person wins or loses. And I'll just give you my own personal experience of when I was going through the process of going from a pure square recreational better to a somewhat educated winning better. And I talked about those Seville guys earlier who I couldn't stand, but they would constantly be calling out other people. Eventually, you're going to get to a point where you're going to find someone who that you can ascertain is a sharp person, period. For me, that was a bunch of different people. At the time, there was a rest in peace. Groovin Mahoven was one of those guys. Um, there was a few others, but you can get to a point where it's like, I know that this person is a winner in the space. Other people vouch for him. I can see. Rufus is one of those guys. Spanky's one of those guys nowadays, right? There's, I, I'm leaving lots of names up, but these are people that have built up a large following where there are people who can corroborate that they know what they're talking about. And I would pay very, very close attention to these people and when they tweeted. And when other people would agree with them, I'd put them on a list or I'd follow them. When other people disagreed with them or I constantly noticed that these this same group of people was calling out tweets from a, from someone else, I'd pay attention to that tweet and I'd say, okay, why does this not make sense? It makes sense to me. And I'd start asking questions to people. Why doesn't it make sense? You can do this over time and 
by process of elimination or by like some sort of confirmation bias, so to speak, develop a group of trustworthy people that you can learn from. And there's a lot, it's, it's challenging in the space now because if you Google sports betting terms, right? How to do this, when should I hedge my bets? Google, when should I hedge my bets? You're gonna get a bunch of SEO content that's been written probably by someone who's getting paid pretty cheaply coming out of school that's just copying from another site to rank well. You're not gonna get good content consistently. Twitter's the same thing, right? There's the vast majority of people who are selling themselves as winners or marketing themselves as winners are not, but you can be easily persuaded into believing that. It's very hard to filter what's through real, what's real and what's not. But you can usually do so when there's like one larger tweet that collectively the sharper audience is either approving of it or disapproving of it, of it you can usually filter that out as fluff. And I, I don't, you know, I was going to cite a specific tweet for this show, but I won't. It, it, it doesn't matter. The tweet itself doesn't matter because I don't want to, you know, to, I want to do this in a more positive way where I'm just not laying waste to somebody who maybe doesn't get, deserve to get laid waste to. But there's a lot of times where it's challenging in the space to determine what's real, what's good advice, and what's not. And it takes work to filter through that, but it's easily done. And there's countless examples of people that went from being pure square to actual sustainable winning betters just by consuming the right content. There's a few examples in the Twitter space now. I mentioned him back in episode two, and that's where I want to go back to because I mentioned his specific name, Jim Viviano, random Twitter guy who used to message me questions all the time, now makes a good living betting. There's another guy on Twitter named Alex Bartlett. Same thing. Just tell people, consume the right content, you'll have no problems. And it's easily done. And I'm not saying you're going to turn into a pro better or whatever, but if your goal is to try to win in the long run or be profitable in the long run, it is a really good resource if you can learn to just get yourself away from the stuff that doesn't matter. If that makes sense. No, completely uh, well said on that. I think you make a really good point with the the whole, oh, if, if one group of people that you think is sharp is disagreeing with something, then you got to like look at it. But what I would even say further is there does need to be some sort of like brain used on your own end when you're looking through stuff. So like one of my biggest pet peeves right now on, on like Twitter or social media or news is the whole like groupthink idea where those jam one narrative down your throat. And then like the mob, it's almost like the headline, the headline cast, right? Like yep. you'll read a headline and then like based on the headline, make your opinion without actually like forget about even reading the article, reading the article is the bare minimum, but like, and then actually looking and seeing like some contrarian view stuff like that before making a call right now, for the most part, people seemingly just make a call. So with what Rob's saying, like, I agree. It's a great way to like figure out the direction to go in. But at the end of the day, like you really can tell a lot from a person or even just one tweet, like you see a, a regular tweet thread that might have like 200 comments, like read all those comments and then see the, the people that are agreeing with it, the people that are disagreeing with it, go through all that, but then also just do a little bit of research on your own. Make sure that you're looking at the story for what it is. Don't necessarily just look at a tweet and then be like, oh, this guy's getting a lot of engagement. He has a lot of followers. This must be right. It's probably a bad strategy all in. Just going through episodes that we've done here, and you have to take a leap of faith to trust that we know what we're doing. But I don't work a day job. I'm a co-owner of a couple of companies. I make my living from betting sports and have for a while. If you just go episode by episode and listen to certain things, I don't like to say like, always apply this as a rule, but general rules of thumb of people who reference bets without talking about the VIG on the bed, who buy half points, who say, don't play a specific, don't play anything over minus 160, like arbitrary endpoints. People who say that um, they change their process based off of short-term random variance. 
Like I'm going to cap Wait, harder. Rob, uh, clarify on the one that you said, don't play over minus 160. You're referring to people who say in general, as a general rule. Correct. Not on this specific play, don't go past minus 160. Just want to clarify. And these yeah. are just topics we've covered in the past before, right? Anyone who's listened to past episodes. But yeah, that's a, that's a general giveaway that the person is probably not all that sharp. Yeah, but by the way, like all of these are not rule of thumbs. There still could be examples. Like you mentioned, don't, like if someone says buying half point, 99 out of 100 people who say buying half point, it's it's dumb. But it's, I'm not saying that you never buy a half point in any scenario, right? Yeah, of course. I, I, again, there's like an exception to every rule. Like there might be a winning better that posts their bets without VIG. But for most betters, that are price yeah, sensitive. These are 99 out of 100 times this is going to this is going to help you. Most bettors that are price sensitive are going to post their bets with vig or they're going to say I would play this up to a certain number because most winning bettors are price sensitive. The buying half point is a great example from what you said. But yeah, most winning bettors have a process that works for them and they're going to evolve over time. Like I'm not the same better I was 3 years ago or 6 years ago and people evolve, but if I have two bad nights in a row, I'm not going to change my entire process and be like, oh, I need to get in the lab. I'm going to wake up earlier in the morning to cap a little bit harder. It's like, no, that's that's ridiculous type of situation, right? But also, for anyone who gives out picks, the transparency for me is the biggest thing by a mile. Like if you're giving out picks and you're tracking them all on Betstamp, for example, and they're all verified and you're just open with your profile and everything like that and people can see it, that is the strongest indicator that someone is who they say they are or is going to achieve those results in the future, right? It's not like if you if you don't give out your picks publicly, power to you. There's a lot of reasons why it's not smart to give out your picks publicly, right? So there's no reason to, we have a ton of people, thousands of people who are on Twitter right now that don't give out picks, but they will track them all in Betstamp and they will keep them hidden so that they can. I'm one, I'm one of those and people. Rob is one of them, right? And, there's nothing wrong with that, right? So if you're if you're saying like, ah, oh, well, what if I just don't want my picks out there? Why? You have to give out picks? Johnny, why don't you give out picks? I don't give my stuff out because I don't need it out there. I don't have a reason for it out there. And whether someone knows how much I won or lost this month, it doesn't matter to me and I don't want that out. But for people who are selling stuff, some selling picks or even just posting picks regularly, having them track third party is probably the biggest deal I would look for right now at the given moment. And the best part about that is if it's third-party tracked, like us on a site like Betstamp where it's verified and everything like that and you can't delete, you can't pass post, you can't do any of these things, then you know directionally that that person is a little bit more trustworthy than if they are not doing that. Even if they're saying, ah, I've got it on a spreadsheet. It's like, okay, now you're just trusting that person and not a third party that's verified tens of millions of bets over the past year in Betstamp. Like, you know, we've got so many data points of points are like we don't change bets we're not altering stuff we don't do anything like that there, if someone messages saying like hey i'm down uh, 28 units can you reset my profile the answer is always no. no unfortunately we're unable to do that it doesn't work like that stick behind your record hopefully you know best of luck in making it back um so i think that's probably a, a big one even for people who are posting picks to see where they're where are they tracked if they say i don't track them that's also a red flag <laughs> big time. That's one of the biggest. I mean, listen, to, if they have their own Google spreadsheet or they track their own plays, that's fine. But I, I, off the top of this show, referenced exactly how that can be manipulated by people. And it is all the time. And that's not to say everyone does it. There are, there are honest cappers out there that will track their own record and they'll do it 100% properly. Those exist, but it's a minority, sadly to say. But there's tons of stuff. Manipulating trends to help help them look good, Right. You can always do that. You can easily manipulate trends like in your own betting patterns. I'm hot. Nine and one, last 10. Nine and two, last 11. Nine and two, last 11. You know, stale odds. Get, get, Betstamp has a great tool where it's very easy now. Somebody posts a pick and they tell you what sports book it's at. You can easily go into the line history on Betstamp and say, no, it wasn't. This does not exist. Yeah, and the other thing with that too is if someone's posting and you're constantly seeing that they're picking off a slow book and then and you go to Betstamp, you can see that as well. You'd be able to just look in it. Every single thing's there, the timestamp, the Betstamp, everything. Whether they're betting overnight, mature markets, picking off news, 
picking off off market numbers, you varying can get unit size. Another thing, like if they're betting, okay, they bet hundred, then they oh now next week you're betting twenty thousand. Like right. you went from a hundred dollar unit to a twenty thousand dollar unit, doesn't make sense. But we're ninety two episodes in. I'm I hope we've armed enough people here with content and educational material that can help you improve. And that's sort of what I was getting at. My DMs are always open on Twitter at Rob Pizzola. I do answer them. You can reach out to me anytime. Johnny created an email address for contact a few weeks ago. Do you remember it? Yeah, you can still contact it. Circles off at betstamp.app. There you go. And the comments section on YouTube. We read them every single week. I honestly don't care if you rip me. If you rip Johnny, I sometimes laugh at those as well. I know they really get under his skin. Uh, I hate the hate, man. He hates the hate. He's a, but honestly, it's all helpful. And if there's a topic you want to see us cover or a guest you want to see us have on, we read those every week and we try to incorporate those elements in the show. So we're always trying to move forwards here and make this a better episode, make this a better podcast and good content for everyone on YouTube. Once again, if you're in Ontario, make sure you check out Pinnacle, the world's sharpest sports book, proud sponsor here of Circles Off. If you're listening in audio, rate and review five stars. This has been episode number 92 of Circles Off. We'll catch everyone next week. 